one, two, three. This is Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles. Hey, that's a hell of a job coming down here being a good football team. Three-step drop, throws to the end zone. Caught ball, touchdown Tampa Bay. Mike Evans reaches up with one hand and grabs it in. Brought to you by Advent Health. No matter what helps you feel whole, swimming, laughing, or finding peaceful moments in your day, Advent Health is here to support you with world-class expertise and whole-person care. Because feeling whole always begins at AdventHealth.com. Fire the cannons! Now your host, Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips and head coach Todd Bowles. Welcome into the Todd Bowles Show. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Three and one leading the NFC South going into the bye week. That has got to sound pretty good to you. It's a good first quarter. You know, we had some things we like to correct that we're going to work on this week, but it's a good first quarter. It's a good start. Want to get healthy, get ready for the second part of the season and get everybody going. And now you are 3-0 and against the Saints as the head coach of this team. What do these win- wins mean, knowing kind of the history with this team and some of the guys that especially have been on the team for a long time, to have gotten to this place now to have some sustained success against such an important division rival? Well, they've beaten us pretty good the past few times before we start winning three in a row, so hopefully we can return the favor. It's a big division game. It's early in the season. doesn't mean anything right now, but as you stack them up late in the season, it's going to come into play. And I know, I mean, we have to start with Antoine Winfield, right? He's just going to make us talk all about him uh, in this show. And so some of the stats to put his performance into perspective. So nine tackles, a sack, a forced fumble and recovery, two tackles for loss, QB hit, pass breakup. I mean, like he just filled that stat sheet, was all over the place. Now he's got 11 sacks. It's the most by a DB since he entered the league in 2020. What did you see as to why he really exploded in the way he did against the Saints team? He studies... And he practices that way. No one plays that way without practicing that way. He practices like that every day. He watches tape. He takes notes. He understands the game. And when the lights come on, he shows up. Did you guys, when you drafted him, feel like this was what you saw him being? Or is this even almost a a pleasant surprise, even from what you remember when you were scouting him? We saw him as a good football player, but I didn't know he was this versatile. You know, he's a very short tackler. He can cover. He can blitz. His study habits are outstanding. His practice habits are outstanding. He always has contact balance when he's coming to a tackle, and you can't say enough about him. He's also uh, now joined uh, T.J. Watt as the only players in the NFL with multiple forced fumbles and multiple fumble recoveries this season. And I know especially there was that swing from Baker's interception to then Antoine's forced fumble and recovery that then led to Palmer's touchdown. What did that sequence end up meaning as you look back at this game and how things could have gone very differently? Well, that was huge. You know, us going in to go up 14 and turn it over and get it right back down in their territory to go get a touchdown back, gave momentum to us coming out in the second half. And I know that we, you know, a lot of the week, it seemed like Jameis was going to be the guy that was starting. We didn't really know. And then you find out not too long before the game that it was going to be Carr. So how did you guys go about preparing? Did you prepare for, for both of them? And, and how did Carr all of a sudden kind of the last minute being the starter affect what you guys thought you were going to maybe be able to do? I don't think you prepare for them. You prepare for the offense. You know what each quarterback likes to do and where their comfort zone is, but you don't prepare for the quarterback. You prepare for the offense. We were more worried about Kamara coming back than who was starting at quarterback. And I know you ended up losing Ryan Neal early on in the game. You were already without Jamel. So now knowing both of those guys were out, what did that mean to you guys in that moment of knowing what that was going to mean you had to do to try to replace them? And and what kind of impact did you think that was going to have on the game in that moment? 
Well, we feel comfortable with the guys we have. Delaney comes in, does a great job. Zion's been playing like a starter since he's been in there, and we're comfortable with it. We, we practice it in the spring. We move guys around so they're comfortable with each other. They trust each other, and we figured they were going to play great. And we knew injuries in the secondary was already kind of the story leading up to the game, knowing not sure who all was going to be able to go. Carlton had missed some time. Are there unique challenges to being without starting corners, maybe even as compared to some other positions? What is sort of the unique thing about their role in your defense that can be hard to, if you're trying to find somebody from off the street or pull somebody up from the practice squad? How, how challenging can that be? It's tough because if you have a bad matchup, you have to worry about trying to cover that guy all the time. You're going to give up some other things, so it takes you out of your defense, so to speak. But we felt okay with the guys we had playing. We felt okay with the matchups, and we felt okay with the scheme. So coaches did a good job working those guys in and working them around the scheme and not letting them get exposed. Yeah, D. Delaney now, another interception, back-to-back games, getting one. Uh, might have one of the higher ratios of interception to play <laughs> that is out there. Um, what have you seen from him specifically on you know, maybe the interception this, this last game and, and why he's been in a position to make those plays? He has to study more than anyone because he plays corner, nickel, and both safety spots. So his study tape and his study habits had to pick up, and, and he knows this, so he comes in all the time to meet with coaches, meet with myself, Coach Ross, Coach Rapone, he meets with Rashad, he meets with about four or five coaches, so he can get all his stuff down to a science to where he understands when he has to go in the game, he can play all spots. Wow, and that's pretty incredible when he doesn't even know if he'll get in the game and he's having to study for four or five spots. That's a lot of discipline uh, to take in the meantime. Um, How about the idea of you guys now? There was a three-to-one turnover ratio in this game. Ten takeaways in four games, which is tied for second in the league, and a plus-seven turnover margin, which is the second in the league, third in the league in interceptions. After last year, knowing that that in particular was the stat that you guys weren't thrilled with, how happy are you with those numbers through four games, and, and what would you credit as to why specifically you guys have been able to produce so many? Happy with where we are right now. We just have to keep it going. Credit, we always work on it. You know, We can work on it. I, I've had years when we've worked on it. And we didn't get any. And we worked on it this year, and we really emphasized trying to punch the ball out, as emphasized by Winfield in the ball game. He had the perfect punch in the perfect time, and it was a big play for us, so we just have to keep that up. And the defense held New Orleans to just 197 total yards of offense. That is the lowest total allowed by the Bucks in 63 all-time meetings between the two teams. Um, held Olave to one catch for four yards. I mean, what would you say is the biggest thing looking back at it as to why you guys were able to limit them when they do have a lot of different weapons and ways to hurt you? I think the ball was coming out quicker, and we tackled well on the perimeter. We missed a few here and there, but for the most part, we didn't let out the 20, 30-yard run after catch. And Kamara, you had mentioned that that was the one that concerned you more than who was going to be a quarterback. And he's a guy that also can hurt you in in so many different ways. Um, To know that he was averaging just two and a half yards per reception, um, you know, knowing how often they tried to get him on the screen game uh, and the fact that that didn't work as well as I'm sure they would have liked. How were you impressed about specifically the way you guys were able to limit Kamara? We have guys that can run now. Our outside backers can run, our D-line can run, and our secondary can run. So... Them going laterally with him put us in chase mode, and we had guys that could run them down. Uh, Vita Vea, two sacks. I mean, <laughs> this guy. It's so funny because it's, I'm sure, incredible for you to see that he is producing these kind of sacks. And then also I know you were talking about hoping that maybe a few more of them came from your other positions, that you don't always want your, uh, your defensive tackle to be the guy leading the team in it. But he's producing so many that 
uh, that's got to be an encouraging thing that it's coming from somewhere. So why do you think he is consistently putting up these numbers? And then how do you feel about what it means about kind of the rest of the pass rush and other guys trying to catch up to him in that stat? Well, Coach Rogers had some great games going in. They really tried to double our outside guys, which left him one-on-one. And he's using, using his hands more. He's using his speed more. He's not just running back and trying to push the guy back in the pocket. And he's having great success. Yeah, the fact that he's three and a half already, um, is, is that something that surprises you, knowing especially how often he seems to get doubled? And, and what is it about the way that he's been playing that you think is letting it happen, even when other teams are probably game planning for him? I think they're all working together. You know, we're collapsing the pocket and making the quarterback step up, so that's putting it right in Vita's wheelhouse. So Shaq and Joe and Yaya and Nelson and Cam, they do a great job of collapsing the pocket. Uh, Logan's running. He's getting off the ball a lot better now, so they really can't double him like they used to. So then switching to the offensive side of things, uh, Baker had almost 80% completion and three touchdowns, and uh, we know he did also have the interception. But looking at his game overall and what he was able to do, what stands out to you the most? He was in attack mode. He was in attack mode. We were a little conservative last week against Philly. He came out. He made some plays right off the top. He threw the ball to Mike. He got the ball to Chris. Uh, the running game did enough to keep us in it. He found different receivers. Tompkins stepped up. Well, Palmer stepped up. Kate Otten got some plays. Rashad caught some balls out of the backfield. We really moved the ball around. And his scrambling, I feel like, is something that maybe was underrated a little bit about him. I'm sure you were more familiar. You watched him all the way back when you were with the Jets. So is this something you feel like he's always had a good skill out of, of that intuition of knowing when to maybe scramble, when to go for to, you know, the ways that he's able to get some of those first downs and key moments? Or is this even a little bit something he's improved on since getting here and, and you've seen more of it now? I think his escapability is good. Um, you don't want him getting hit too much, so you kind of cringe a little bit when some of those things happen. But as a football player these days, as a quarterback especially, you got to be able to move in the pocket and move around a little bit because the D-line is too fast. They're going to come at you in waves to have maneuverability and get out the pocket and still see down the field is something that I think he's had the whole time. And how did losing Mike that early in the game affect what you guys thought you were going to be able to do in, in the way that you thought that it would affect the offense? It was off to a great start, but we didn't miss a beat. Uh, Palmer came in and Tompkins came in, and those guys hung in there, and they made some plays, and they made some big plays. Each caught a touchdown, so to speak, to win the ball game. Tompkins is always laying out in practice. He's made a heck of a catch in the game. Palmer came back and made a heck of a catch in the red zone, so we didn't Mike, miss Mike as much, but we want him back as soon as possible. And then Chris Godwin, man, 114 yards total, some big chunk plays at such key times, a 32-yarder, a 42-yarder. Um, what worked so well for him in this particular game where he'd had some key plays already this season, but not necessarily the volume that we are used to him having in, in some previous years? So what was, I mean, is it just the fact that Mike went out and therefore he's the guy, or were there some things that either we were doing or they were doing that helped that? Some things we did, Dave, Dave had some great play calls dialed up on those situations, and Chris is the go-to guy, especially with Mike out. We can go to either guy, and he made some plays, and his run after catch was outstanding for us. Yeah, he's now second only to Mike in franchise history in 100-plus yard games, wow. which, yeah, that's saying something for sure. Um, and you brought up Cade uh, Otten getting in there and, and his touchdown. What have you seen from him? Not only just that touchdown and play, but I think a lot of times we find out he played every snap on offense uh, in this game. So even if it's not necessarily a catch or the touchdown that we saw, what has he come to mean to this offense and especially the way that Canales likes to use him? 
Cade is probably the most underrated player on offense. Uh, he blocks big defensive ends. He blocks linebackers. He does all the dirty work. He doesn't catch the deep balls. Has great hands, great receiving skills. Uh, goes unnoticed when he gets his four or six yard catches, but he, he makes a play all the time. He's reliable. You know where he's going to be. He's tough. He's very smart. Uh, he's very instinctive. He has a great feel for the game, and he, he's a good outlet for Baker. I know that touchdown of his, that was uh, a grind of a drive uh, for the team. You know, 17 plays, 87 yards, almost nine minutes off the clock. It was the longest drive of the season in plays, second longest in yards. You guys converted four third downs in Saints territory. What did that drive in particular mean to the game and, and what it says about what this offense is able to do when they need to? It was great because it took time off the clock. It got the defense some rest, and at the same time, it kept their defense out there longer and longer. And we were putting together four yards, five yards, six yards, making crucial third down plays. That's big. It deflates a team more than anything. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. Uh, three of four in the red zone against the Saints, who came in number three in red zone defense. What were you most excited about for specifically that part of the offense, and especially when there were a couple games earlier this year where that had been a bit of a struggle? It's huge against them. You know, they're very stingy in the red zone. They play great red zone defense. They understand it very well. They got some veterans back there to keep you out the end zone. For us to go three or four shows great progress on our part, great patience on our part, and guys making plays. We always talk about the atmosphere going to play there. You know, it's loud, and um, typically you guys are working on some things like hand signals and ways to, to deal with all of that, and it's always something where you wonder how the penalties are going to go, especially pre-snap stuff. I know 11 penalties is not what you guys are uh, striving for this year, and it felt like earlier in the year, you know, handled it great in Minnesota, so it's been a bit of an up-and-down thing. Where would you rate kind of overall the, the cleanness of how your team is playing and the penalty world and how to try to not have another 11 penalty game? A lot of them were post-snap. Some of them are aggressive. You can live with those. There's some that we got to stop, especially jumping off sides and holding. We can get a better handle on at certain times. But the aggression was there, and we're not going to be perfect. And we knew in that game nobody was going to be perfect. We just tried to play fast, and if you made a mistake, kept going. we got to try to clean it up this bye week. But happy the way they played. Not happy about the penalties, but some of them were going to occur. The other ones we got to clean up. And part of the message to the team, I'm sure, about the atmosphere there is also about keeping emotions in check when you know it has been a rivalry game where maybe that hasn't always been the case. Was that something that was talked about leading into the game because it, it was one of the cleaner games, maybe because Mike wasn't involved, but, you know. <laughs> we always talk about playing smart, you know, smart and tough, obviously, within the whistle. Try to play within the whistle. Don't do anything to cost your team the ball game. I thought they did a good job keeping their emotions under control. And what I loved seeing was that you did not keep your emotions under control after the game in the locker room. We got another Coach Bowles, yeah, <laughs> scream, which is now the video I look forward to each time. Do you now feel like, is this a new tradition where every win you're going to have to bust one of these out? I don't know. You know, it's just a feel. It's just a feel. It's it just in the moment. How the, it's in the moment. It comes out. And that's better than the alternative words that right. could come out. <laughs> that is <laughs> so a very feels good point. Good. I like that. I like that. And uh, how about the, the run game? I know that um, after the Eagles game, it was a, something I'm sure it was much needed was to feel like you got some bigger runs, some gaps, and how it looked. How would you evaluate overall the team's run game in this, in this last matchup? It was better than the Philly game. I think we left some things out there. There's some things we still have to clean up, but we were persistent at it. We were getting some hard, tough yards against a tough front, and we were pleased with it because it kept him from coming after Baker full 
full bore, so to speak. But we can get better at that. We got better at it. We can get better even next week. We've seen Sean Tucker take some RB2 snaps. This game it was Keyshawn Vaughn in that role. Um, how do you feel about the guys behind Rashad, and, and what do you hope to see from the two of them? I think both can play. I thought Sneak came in and did a heck of a job. We call him Sneak, but Keyshawn came in and did a heck of a job. He's a pro. He wasn't happy about not playing, but you shouldn't be if you're a competitor. He got his chance. He stepped up in there. He made some tough runs. He made some good blocks, and we really like where he was at. So because we're going into the bye week and we're essentially a quarter of the way through the year, even though 17 games you know, made the math a little more complicated there, um, I thought we'd kind of look at some big picture things with the team so far, doing kind of a, a quarterly assessment here. What would you say is your MVP of the team for the first quarter so far? Oh. Putting you on the spot. Well, you got to go with Baker, obviously, because he's been playing great and such a key position for us. And after you lose the greatest of all time, you come in and you try to do different things. And he came in and he was himself. He grasped the system. He's made some great plays and some great throws. There are many candidates. I could go a bunch of different ways. Devin, Winfield, Vita. I can go a lot of different ways with this. Mike. Mm-hmm. I can go a lot of different ways. Luke, Tristan. Mm-hmm. But I would say Baker right now. That's a good problem to have a lot of candidates for that award. How about maybe the most improved so far? Most improved. Mike Green, Luke Gedeke, uh, Zion McCollum. Those would be mine. Yeah, those are some good choices for sure. Um, And then how about, is there anything that has surprised you so far through this quarter about the team? And it could be uh, pleasantly surprised. It could be a surprise of how something else went that's something that maybe you just didn't expect from this team to this point. No, nothing really surprised me. We expected that we were going to win games if we practiced and we coached them up and everybody got along. The chemistry is good. The culture is good. And nothing's really surprised me. Casey Phillips here with head coach Todd Bowles. We have the bye week coming up. Uh, I know no one ever wants to have the earliest bye week, that that is a universally understood thing. Um, But what are some of the essentially pros and cons of it being at this point in the year? And I mean, it looks like you guys have had a lot of injuries that have kind of piled up lately. Is there a chance that maybe this did actually come at a really good time? I think it came at a very good time. Initially, when you start the season, you don't want it. Considering the injuries we have right now, and we fought through this last game, we needed to get healthy. We really needed to get healthy. We can do some self-scouting. We can get some work done, and I think it's necessary for us at this time. Is it also helpful on the self-scouting front when you do have a whole new offense in place, new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, to earlier in the season have that chance to see what's working and what's not as compared to having to wait until you know week 10, 11, or 12 to have that extra time built in for self-scouting? It helps all the way around, but you know once you get a chance to look at it wholeheartedly, we do it every week, but now you get a chance to tear it down and break it down to the bare minimum to see what you can do better going forward. I think it's the perfect time for us. And we do hear about the self-scouting all the time. Tell us, what does that look like for you guys? What is kind of the way you go about it of who brings what to the table? How much are you guys doing it individually as coaches versus all together? What's kind of the process of how self-scouting looks? Well, each coach has their own individual section, whether it's the run game on offense with the O-line or stopping the run with the D-line coach from play-action pass on offense to how much play-action pass and what kind of coverages are we playing on defense. Are we predictable? Are we successful? Are they successful? What are they trying to do to us? What do we have to tweak? How do we have to move things? So each coach, whether it's third down, offense or defense, whether it's red zone, whether it's two-minute, whether it's backed up, whether it's short yards or goal line, 
we all have our own sections and we you do them individually and then you bring them together as a staff and we all sit and go over them and see what we can do better. What would you say is probably going to be a, the biggest thing on maybe each side of the ball and special teams that uh, you guys know you're going to be really focusing on in the self-scouting part? Offensively, I would say the run game. Just making sure we're on the right blocks, we're calling the right things. When they get in certain fronts, what do we have to check to? What do we have to do to get more space or more holes in the run game? Defensively, I think it's stopping the run at this point. You know, we, we had the one game against the Eagles where the ball got out. we got to continue to work on different things because we're starting to get different runs and different looks. So we got to give different looks and have people doing what they can do and not trying to put a square peg in a round hole. Special teams wise, we got we got a lot of, that's where most of the young guys are. So, you know, Coach Armstrong has a heck of a job there. He's got most of the rookies playing on every special team. So just making sure they continue to cover and understand the game. So mentally about mid season, we're not making the same mistakes we made in the beginning of the season. And then finally tell us how do you relax during the bye week? What's your what's bye week coach bowls look like when you get some time off? Power Force, Tommy Four, uh, <laughs> college football, uh, NCIS, Law and Order, CSI, you name it. Um, probably go see one of my kids play and just take it easy. So, sleep. yes. Sleep. Sleep. I sleep. was going to say, hopefully, there sleep. was a lot of sleep in there. Sleep. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you again, Coach, for joining us and congratulations on that big win in New Orleans. Appreciate it, Case. Coming up next on Buccaneers Total Access, we will have cornerback coach Kevin Ross brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. Pressure coming up the gun. Matt Prescott goes down. He's sacked for the first time of the game. Devin White. Linebacker blitz. Now more with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. First half of the show, we had head coach Todd Bowles. Now I am so excited to be joined by cornerback coach Kevin Ross, also known as Rock. Rock, thanks so much for joining us. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, you're always one of my favorites to talk to. And, uh, man, you, I picked you at a pretty fun time coming off of a win, but also there's been a lot going on with your corners, a lot of mis- <laughs> mismatching and throwing these guys in here. So I feel like this was a, a great time to get to talk to you. And uh, we'll start off by just, you know, 3-1 and one going into the bye, leading the NFC South. How, how good does that feel? It feels pretty good. Uh, the guys are, you know, buying into what we're trying to do. And uh, just week by week. You know, day-by-day process. Yep. And, uh, I mean, we all talked about the fact that the bye week is early, is uh, never what everybody wants. Everybody always wants it to be later in the season. But um, I feel like for you in particular, this feels like maybe it ended up being the, the best time for us. It's yeah. perfect timing for us. We, we always talk about backups being ready to play. Uh, that's, what, that's what I pride myself on, trying to get the backup guys to be ready to play because it's just a matter of time before somebody goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, to be 3-0 and in the last three games against the Saints, I, you've mm-hmm. been here long enough now that you remember that that was not always how it went, and Definitely. it was such a bitter rivalry and means so much to this organization. And it's it, it, What has it felt like? What has seemed to switch? What has flipped? What has helped you guys get to a point where now these last three matchups, y'all have come out dominant. We just understand that if, uh, when we play the Saints, it's about turnovers. You know, whoever's defense plays the best, both both teams have pretty good defenses. Uh, we just have to outplay their defense, and you know, field position is really key in that in that game, and we won it. I know that you know we always joke that 
Mike Evans is the one where sometimes we got to rein him mm. in a little bit in that matchup. Do you ever feel like that's something you have to talk about with your guys of how do you try to balance the emotions of when you know that this is a rivalry game, it's a tough place to play, and it's good to have that edge to a degree, but there's a limit to it, and, and, and DBs are known for maybe occasionally being a little emotional about mm -hmm. things. Is that something you talk about with them? Well, we got to control our emotions, number one. We, we, if we get, in, get into our feelings out there, you start losing your techniques, start losing your assignments and things like that. It seems like Carlton Davis and, and uh, number 13 for them, Thomas, mm -hmm. it seems like they have a little personal thing going on as well. Mm. So, you know, I mean, when you, when you know, it's a rival. When, when, that's, that's what you expect. Yeah, it's funny. We had um, a show yesterday, and uh, we were talking about the idea of Ali Marpet, our former player, brought up the idea of the game within the game, where it's obviously you want to play well as a whole offense or a whole defense, whatever, but then there's also those individual matchups like that that you're talking about. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, is that something that you think elevates the play of your corners typically if there is a wide receiver that they're really into going against, does that tend to benefit them or is, does that actually present an extra challenge? Well, once you see you got an elite player uh, on the other team and you know you have to stop them, then you tend to prepare a little more. Uh, you practice a little harder that week. Uh, you know, you got to concentrate and focus on uh, what they do well and try to take it away. When it looked like for most of the week, it seemed like Jameis was going to be the one starting, and mm -hmm. then you find out pretty last minute it is going to be Carr. How did that affect what you guys were doing in terms of a preparation? Did you prepare for both guys, and, and how much does that, who's back there, you know, what the offense does at large versus the individual quarterback affect you guys? Well, we know Jameis throws the ball deep. He likes to throw the ball deep. We know Carr's, you know, he's more of a calculator, uh, take his play safe type of uh, quarterback. Uh, so we were ready for both. But the number one thing we had to do was stop that run. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking to cornerback coach Kevin Ross. Um, also, of course, you know, I know he's not technically in your position group anymore, especially, but Antoine, we got to talk about his uh, game that he had. I mean, goodness. Tell me uh, what stood out to you about, I mean, just stuff in that stat sheet. Uh, Antoine is a complete football player. Uh, he loves what he does. I love what Halley plays. Uh, you can never question his effort. Uh, he's 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 the best guy f for our team, uh, motivating wise, because uh, he plays very hard and he plays smart. And you see that impact other guys as well. I, I see that impacts guys every day, and mm. the way he practices is just exactly the way he plays. So I I expect him to make big plays every game. And what has it been like to see him back exclusively in the safety role? We know he slid into that nickel role for a little while last year and being back in the safety role. And how were some of those kind of decisions made of, of knowing he was good at nickel, but it seems like he's just excellent at safety? He's doing what's right for the team. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's a team player. And we, uh, Izzy's doing a good job at nickel. He's, he's learning. Uh, he's getting better every week. Uh, just get your best football players on the field at the same time. That's the, that's the key. Uh, Zion is doing really well. We got to figure out a way how we can, uh, you know, get him in there a little bit more. Uh, things are going good for him in the back end. Yeah, you guys have dealt with so many injuries, and I thought about you know here this game starts and Ryan Neal goes down, and then to replace him is D Delaney, who's typically a little bit more in the in the corner role for you guys in your room, but he's preparing now. He's preparing for everything. He's got the safety. He's got the corner. He's he's willing to step in for anybody and anything. Um, what was that like to lose Ryan Neal and then know that, again, that was going to shift some of the things about who was available for what? D. Delaney, he's our, he's our 
fill-in. Uh, he can play all spots on the on the field. Got two interceptions. Yeah, uh, he's just doing well for us. He's he's a good plug-in guy. Good good guy to have. Uh, he understands our ro- his his role and plays it very well. And what are some of his biggest strengths, and then also the things that you work on with D at this point? With De- Delaney. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. He goes to both rooms at times. You know, he might be in the corner room. He could be in the safety room. Uh, he's got to understand nickel because he, he, he would be an emergency nickel. So he's in all three spots. Uh, like I said, you need a guy like that on your, on your team because you never know who's going to go down. One guy go down, it could change the whole dynamics of what you do and how you do it. And he's a great fill-in. So we, we definitely, he's like an MVP for us. That's amazing. And explain to people how challenging that would be to prepare for a game essentially at three different positions, what that takes. Well, number one, the tackling angles, uh, what you're doing. Uh, number two, you're, you're playing safety. You're controlling the defense. You're calling it. You're making adjustments. Uh, you're outside. You're playing a wholly, totally different game out there. You, you know, you got to shut that guy down out there. Out there. Nickel, you're doing a combination of safety and corner. So he's, you know, like I said, he's very valuable uh, and does what he does very well. So what are the biggest things that when, you know, with being without Jamel this last week, what does that do specifically to you guys? And what is it that you're missing most when he's not out there? He's a quiet leader. Uh, he he uh, studies very well. Uh, he understands what uh, people are trying, how people are trying to attack us. Uh, I think he would recognize sets and formations and tendencies more so than the other two. Uh, but when you, you you miss a guy like that because he normally handles his position very well. But Zion, uh, like I said before the start of the season. I, I, and I told him he's got to be the most improved guy in the whole entire defense, and he's showing it right now, and he's playing really, really well for us. So, yeah, when you said that, were you talking about how you felt like you already saw that he was, had the chance to be the most improved, or was it that you were telling him he needed to be the most improved? Well, I just know his commitment. His, his sacrifice and commitment uh, is there. Uh, he wants to get better. He works at it every day. And uh, it's showing in it's showing in games. It's starting to show in games. He's starting to get his hands on balls. Uh, he's doing really well for us right now. Yeah. What are some of the things that you've seen the most improvement in from him from when first stepping in the door as a rookie to now? Uh, tackling is better. Uh, his angles of uh, tackling is are getting better. His his coverages are getting better. Sometimes he's too aggressive in what he does, but uh, his confidence is up. His confidence is up big time, and that's what you need out there when you're playing. Yeah, it is interesting to think about just the mentality of corners, right? Mm-hmm. What would you describe as some of the, you know, we all know that maybe there's some stereotypes about them, about maybe they're a little bit of a diva or they're a little challenging, but then I don't think it seems like the guys you have in your room I won't fit, allow to be diva. Fit, yeah, you're they're like, not no. allowed to be diva in there. We get, I got a fine system in that room. They're not, they're not going <laughs> to act like divas. That, that ain't, that ain't going to happen. I love that. What are the things that they get fined for? What's a couple oh, things? Oh, it's everything. <laughs> I mean, it's every, you, you get dramatic. You got a lot of things. Get, getting balls caught on you, all kind of things. You're going to lack of effort. Uh, they get fined for a lot of things. I see why Jamel needed a new deal now. I mean, you guys, you're oh, fining yeah. them everywhere. <laughs> Him and Carlton, lead, they, they lead in the room right now with fines. That's great. I yeah. love it. Um, how about the idea of when you are having to 
replace corners as compared to other positions maybe. What are the biggest challenges for you as a coach trying to get someone ready for a game that isn't Carlton or Jamel? And then maybe even some of those decisions of do you, when you have a lot of injuries, do you bring somebody off the street but then they're not familiar with what we got going on, elevating from the practice Ooh. squad? What are all the challenges of that for That's you? It's big challenges for us because our corners do more than most corners in the league. They play a lot of techniques. They could be on the half. They could be in the curl flat. They could be in the middle of the field at times. Uh, they got a lot of techniques and a lot of, uh, you know, they got to be skilled people, really, really skilled people out there. What are those things that especially Coach Bowles requires of corners in his defense? What are some of those prototypical things that, based on what he's asking of them, what does that mean you have to be? Well, playing corner here because Coach Bowles is a former defensive back is probably the most scrutinized position on our team right now. So those guys got very, very high standards. He calls them out like you can't believe. And uh, they just got to have thick skin and you got to be able to roll, you know, water roll off your back and go to the next play, keep concentrating, try to make plays. We try to harden them up, make them mentally tough. They got to be mentally tough out there. Yeah, you are on more of an island, and a lot of times the only time their name gets called is yes. if they've done something wrong. Of the, exactly. I told them, I said, you you know, you play a defensive back, you get 70 plays in the game, you play 63, 66 right, and two of them wrong. That's what people uh, remember. That's what they remember. Mm-hmm. God, that's a lot. How about, I know that turnovers, interceptions, all of that was just so emphasized for you guys this year that I know that you didn't feel like that you guys had the numbers last year that you wanted, needed, were capable of. Mm-hmm. Man, I mean, what a start to this year that just in the game against the Saints, it was a three to one turnover ratio, always a good sign. You got 10 takeaways in four games, a plus seven turnover margin, which is second in the league. Um, what are the things that you feel like have shifted or changed to make that stat in particular stand out when that was such a point of emphasis? Practicing, mm-hmm. emphasizing. You know, you get what you emphasize. Uh, we try to emphasize it every day. It's on the board every day. They see it every day. Uh, we go out there and we try to punch the ball out. Antoine did a great job this week doing the same thing. And, uh, you know, we just got to continue doing it. You know, keep stay hot. All right. We are going to take a quick break, but we're going to have more coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with cornerback coach Kevin Ross, brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. You're listening to Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles and Bucks team reporter Casey Phillips. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I'm joined by cornerback coach Kevin Ross. Um, I know that for Jamel, it had to be so exciting for you, you know, knowing that he got the new deal, was coming back. I mean, that was a guy that, you know, he was pretty sought after in, in free agency. And I'd love to hear what was it about him that, you know, when you guys were having to make a lot of tough decisions from the salary cap perspective of not being able to keep everybody, you know, you lose, you know, some guys like Sean Murphy Bunting and Mike Edwards yes. and all of that after yes. having a, a big core group of guys together for a long time. What about Jamel made you guys say, no, this is the guy we got to give a new detail, deal to and keep? He was ascending. He was going up in his play. He was available every week. Uh, so we, I guess we compensated him. But with that, with that being said, with big money comes big responsibility, and yeah, and the, now the Spider Man role. <laughs> yeah, so you know we expect big plays. We expect big plays, and he and I emphasize it to him. Uh, he accepts his uh, role. Him and Carlton accept their role pretty well, and we just got to make the best of it now. And how have you seen his play look so far this season when he has been healthy and and out there? What have you seen from him? He's been he's been okay. He's been doing pretty well. 
we just have to get the like I said, you gotta you, you gotta find that ball. You gotta find that ball. You gotta you gotta just make plays. It's 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 six or seven plays in the game to change the game mm. or win the game or lose the game. You just don't know what it is, so you got to go hard every 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 play, and that's what I'm trying to get these guys to understand. If we can uh, focus on that in that aspect of the game, then we'll, we'll be okay. And then Carlton had missed a little bit of time with injury. Uh, how did you feel like he looked this game in particular coming back off of that for the first time? He did pretty good for his first time back. I was, I was surprised. Uh, he, did, he did pretty well. Just got to keep him healthy. And keep them in shape, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. What are the biggest things that you have seen both Carlton and Jamel grow in since they got here? What are the, the biggest areas of improvement you've seen in the two of them? Confidence. It's just, I mean, just on the, on the job confidence, getting better, get, starting to get the feel of what it takes to be an NFL uh, player on and off the field. Leadership, showing the younger guys how to uh, prepare. Uh, how to practice. Uh, I put a lot of stuff on them. It's like big brother at the house. You know, you gotta, you gotta, it's tougher on you than it is on the younger guys. Yeah, what is the leadership that you see that, I mean, it, it, especially knowing that Carlton ended up being the sort of elder statesman of that room so early in his career, that it was such a young group mm-hmm. that he had to be the guy very early. Um, how have you seen the way he tries to lead, you know, on and off the field and, and what he brings to the room? Well, he, how can I, he's a, he's a hard guy to, to describe, Carlton is. He's got, a, uh, he's, he's got a, like a complex uh, personality. But what I like about him is he communicates with all of them. Mm-hmm. He, 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 he BSs a lot with them. He keeps them loose. You know, they, they're not a tight group. They're... When I mean they're not a tight group, they don't get they don't get tensed about right. any situation. They they, they play loose. And they play loose and they uh, they hang out together and all that. And I like that in the, uh, our our group. I like the I like the players. I like them all. They're really good guys. It's a big deal. And now, I mean, you briefly brought up Christian Isian earlier. I mean, I think about how many starting DBs in this league. You know, are higher draft picks. That it's. I feel like what a position to as a undrafted rookie have earned a starting role and in a pretty important position again in this defense and what all you're asked to do. What is it about him that made you guys have that kind of faith and trust in him and you know earn earn that spot of saying not only do I deserve a roster spot, I've earned a starting role. I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, he's I think he's shocked a lot of people. He shocked me. Mm. I, I didn't know I didn't I didn't know a lot about him. Coach Bowles knew about him because of his son at, uh, at Rutgers mm-hmm. and all this. Uh, what the shocking part is, Coach Bowles doesn't really like short guys. <laughs> For him to come in and do what he's doing right now, he's he's tough now. He's he's very tough. He's him and Antoine are very similar in their play. Mm. Uh, he finds the ball. Uh, he he's a he's a gritty gritty guy. He's tough. I mean, he's a tough son of a. Yep, that's he's amazing. Tough. That's great. How is it unique? You know, I think about these guys we talked about. Antoine had kind of played. Little nickel and safety, and then you got D that's playing multiple things. That you coach the corners, and then you have Nick Rapone who coaches the safeties. But it is so different compared to so many other positions in the team where you guys really are you're sharing players. You're having to really work together as a unit. How is that unique for you and Coach Rapone, where you're kind of you're coaching your own positions, but then you're kind of having to do it together? Well, it helps that Coach Rapone coached me in college. It helps that me and Coach Rapone coached in uh, Arizona together before we got here. 
So we kind of know each other's style of coaching. And we kind of know each other's uh, expectations of each other and the players. And we talk every day about what we can do to get them better. And we work together pretty well. Uh, I know you also have um, Derek Pitts, a uh, guy that's had to, had to step in when there's, again, mm-hmm. so many injuries and mm-hmm. that going on. What do you see as his uh, potential and, and the, the kind of thing that he can bring if he's having to be out there? He's another tough guy. He's another tough guy. Once he gets healthy and uh, gets experience out there, what he's doing, he's going to be okay. He's going to be good. And uh, Josh Hayes, same thing, six-round draft pick this year. He's mainly getting action on special teams. Uh, what are the things that made you guys kind of want to bring him in as a draft pick? And then, you know, what what are you going to need to see from him to, to get on the field a little bit more outside of special Josh teams? Josh Hayes is a, another guy I think that has some versatility. He has to learn how to keep his he play, his emotions kind of, you know, he gets hot-headed a little bit every now and then. But he has a good skill set, and uh, he's going to be fine as well. And for uh, for Ryan Neal coming in to this team, you know, one of the new additions, whatever, have you seen him in terms of a learning curve of coming into this defense? And it felt like, especially the Eagles game, he made a couple big plays and unfortunately, you know, got hurt so early in this one. But um, as, as Bucks fans still are kind of learning about him and what he can bring to this defense, what have you seen in him? Ryan Neal, is, first of all, he's coming from a winning program out there in Seattle. I think the best thing he does is lead by – He's like a vocal type of leader. Uh, he's, he's, an, he's a guy that keeps people even killed. He understands our defense. He's starting to learn who, who does what and how people do things. We do a little bit more than Seattle's defense. In Seattle, he was a man-to-man, cover three type of guy. We're multiple, multiple facets of defenses. He's still learning that. He's starting to learn the people and what they do and how they do it. And so he's coming along pretty well. Uh, for you guys, I know, again, the, the run game, Typically when we talk about it, we're, we talk a lot about, you know, the defensive line, the linebackers and stuff. But I know you guys really take pride in being able to assist in the run game as well. How do you feel like your guys have done in that area this season? And, and maybe what are you still working on with them? They're coming along pretty good. Uh, we, we emphasize tackling every day. Uh, try to work on some phase of tackling all the time. It's very hard in the NFL to uh, simulate that because of the, the rules of not having full uh, gear on throughout the year. We're doing okay in tackling. We're doing pretty good in that department. And how about man versus zone coverage? Where do you guys feel like your your guys in particular? Oh, they're man to man team. <laughs> they're man to man. They, they, if you ask the man to man, they 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 they'll man to man. That's what they that's what they man always to want to do. Yep. Man to man. That's great. I love that. All right, we are going to take a quick break here. We have one more segment coming up here on Buccaneers Total Access with cornerback coach Kevin Ross. Brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio. Buccaneers Total Access with head coach Todd Bowles now continues. Brought to you by Advent Health. Welcome back into Buccaneers Total Access. I'm joined by cornerback coach Kevin Ross, who has earned his pay these last few weeks, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Getting all these different guys ready. Every year. Every year. Every year. Never fails. Never fails. I expect it. Yeah, it's so true. For you, you talked about how you know you and Coach Rapone have known each other forever. He's coached you, you guys have coached together. Same thing with Coach Bowles with all of you guys. How does that impact the way, especially as a defense, that you guys are able to operate? Of, I mean, so many of you have known each other for decades. Right. What, what does that do? Well, we understand one another, and we understand what not one another are, are thinking. We kind of prepare the same type of way. Coach Bowles asks a lot of the DBs since he played it. I imagine it's the <laughs> same for you as well. Well, yeah. I mean, get it done. Get it done. Just have everybody ready to play. That's what I try to try to do. Just got to make sure everybody's ready to play. Do you feel like 
you relate to players differently having played in the league than maybe someone who hasn't? I do. I do. I think that uh, I never try to tell a person to try to play like I played, but I, I try to relate to what they're going through in every situation. I think I've been through every situation that they're going to encounter. Mm. So I try to tell them how to prepare and be ready for what this part, this thing. On and off the field, I think, you know, I, I think I do a decent job with that. And I, I know the game has changed a lot since mm-hmm. you played. How did that affect your ability to kind of relate in those times and how you had to maybe approach things differently because there were so many things different than when you played? This this fine system they have going on right now, is, I think it's affecting tackling. We did a whole lot more tackling uh, because you had different rules, regulations, and things like that, so... You know they're doing they're doing really well. I'm, I'm I'm proud of the guys. I'm proud of every last one of them. Yeah, and knowing especially like you said that they don't always get to practice those things as yes. much as you guys did. That yeah. puts a lot of pressure on there as well. Uh, do you ever use the well? You know, back in my day, you know, do do you pull some of those uh, those ranks on them as you talk about what the football used to be? And and you said you don't ask them to do it how you did it, but do you occasionally remind them of how you did it? I I occasionally remind them I sat where they sat. Mm-hmm. And I was I've been what you want to be, like I got you got Dean and you got uh, Davis that want to be uh, Pro Bowlers, all pros, whatever. I've been there. Mm-hmm. If, if you listen, if you train like this, this is what is going to happen for you. So I try to get them like that. Yeah, I'm sure that's helpful for them. We're talking to Coach Kevin Ross here. Um, what do you think are the biggest things that you would have liked about playing in Bowls system? How would that have Worked well for you as a player, even. What I would have been right where Antoine Winfield is. I was his, I'm that type of player. Um, I've been right in this area. So I've been happy with the role. Very happy with the role. Yeah. What are the ways that you feel like Bulls defense sets the corners in particular up for success? You have me. It's mano y mano. Mm-hmm. It's me and you. It's either you and me. It's like, uh, you know, who's going to beat who? And I know that now you guys are... Going into the bye week, very early, very helpful in some ways from the injury standpoint. Mm-hmm. But um, how about when it comes to self-scouting? I know we talked about the idea that there's a whole new offense and offensive coordinator, and so it's probably really nice for them to get a chance to reassess this whole new system they've put in. But mm-hmm. for you guys, you've now been here several years. you got a lot mm-hmm. of the same people for several years. So what does the self-scouting look like for you when there isn't necessarily a ton that's new this year but how you try to analyze what all you guys are doing and, and what a bye week can give you from a self-scouting point. Without giving out any good information. <laughs> yes, we don't want, we, 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 just we, went, we give we no just, state we secrets. Just went through, we, we just went through that self-scout stuff uh, this week. We're not going to change philosophy. What we're going to do is do what we do better than what we have been doing it. Mm. That's, that, that's the key, to keep doing what you're doing, to get better at what you're doing, stay steady, stay, stay focused, and keep going better. What is the kind of way that you go about self-scouting in terms of what is it that you tend to watch and how do you kind of get all the information together, how you guys all present it to each other's coaches, just kind of what does that look like without you saying like what it is that you guys found, but just what does that look like behind the scenes for you guys as coaches? I'm looking at what, uh, what our players are doing well and what they're not doing well and why they're not doing well. If they're not doing well, why aren't they doing it well? Are we not practicing good enough or is just something he has to improve on and things like that. So just looking at techniques, not necessarily our, our scheme, but our techniques. The scheme part will take care of itself. Coach Bowles does a great job adjusting to what you're doing during, during the game. So 
I don't have to worry about that part of it. I just have to get this guy better at what he's doing. I was thinking this game, we saw so many of our offensive weapons get used that you've got. I mean, before Mike got hurt, of course, you have Mike, and then Chris has over 100-yard game. you got Kate Otten catching a touchdown. you got Palmer, and you got Devin Tompkins, and how each of them is such a different type of player, different body type, all of that. What is it like for your guys to go against all of them in practice, training camp, offseason? What are the ways that you feel like who we have as offensive weapons can train your guys? Well, it's just like you said. You got different body types. You got different speeds. You got different uh, physicalities. So I feel like our players that we practice against every day get us ready for a lot of things, for everything that's going to happen to us. We got small, quick guys. We got Mike, who's physical. We got Godwin, who's a great route runner and understands coverages. We, we got a good, good feel for what we are going to face th- uh, throughout the year. If you were having to prepare for our offense, how mm. challenging would that be for you if you're thinking about the idea of scouting us and what you guys would be having to face? I like what we have out there this year. I do. Uh, I would just have to say be ready for it all. You mm. got to be ready for it all. How did you see, I know it it was a a little different in training camp this year with you guys were kind of part of the the call it plays to help the offense get ready. We talked a lot about that of letting, you know, Coach Canales get a lot of those live calling things, but do you feel like that also helped you guys as well? It was done mainly for the offense. No question. I I thought this camp was the best camp we had uh, in the last five years I've been here. Uh, Situational football, putting them in situations, getting the the coordinators ready to uh, call make calls and things like that it was great. It was great. It was really good. Good for the players, good for the coaches. And how about uh, Baker Mayfield? Of We've seen especially his escapability, his ability to extend plays, and um, just kind of his grittiness of the way he plays out there. What is the challenge of going against a quarterback like that? What does that do to a defense corners? Baker's putting pressure on defenses right now. People are starting to understand uh, he's got a good situation. He's got good players around him. He doesn't have to do too much, and that's what he's doing well, doing what he has to do. He's not forcing anything. He understands he has a good defense. It'll work his way out throughout the game, so he's doing well. To be 3-1 and one sitting at this point, there were so many people who were not predicting the Buccaneers to do that well this year. That all, you know, A lot of media people and outside noise, and I know you guys always say you write your own narrative, that you don't pay attention to that. However, it does feel like a chip on the shoulder is always a little helpful for people. Did you notice anything, especially maybe the guys in your room, that there was any extra kind of motivation or how the, the outside noise motivated? They, to be quite honest with you, they were expecting it. They actually were expecting it to be 4-0. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are very confident. Uh, we understand. We understand what we have. What we, we understand what we're capable of. But you you got to understand this NFL is different. Uh, you have to play every week. You have to play every week. You just don't line up and just, okay, this is such and such. You're going to win the game. You got to go out there and earn the win. And then finally, uh, what are you like during a game as a coach? What's, uh, what's your vibe uh, on the sideline? Man. I'm pretty intense. <laughs> You're so chill on the radio here. It's hard for no, me to imagine. No, I'm pretty this. intense. I'm pretty intense. A little, little yelling, little screaming? Mm, I, I wouldn't say that. I just like... Just remember what we did all week. Just remember what we talked about all week. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. Yep, I like it. You know, I feel like a like I'm a like a, a boxer trainer. You know, mm. like a corner man type mm. of thing. You know what I mean? Yep. We, we came here to do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, get rallying yeah, the troops yeah, a little bit yeah, in those just, moments. Yeah. 
That's good. I like it. Well, Coach, thank you as always for taking time to talk with us. I know it's uh, it's busy doing all the self-scouting and everything and the bye week. So thank you so much for taking the time out. And uh, again, congrats on that win against the Saints. Thank you. All right. And thanks to all of you guys for tuning in. This has been Buccaneers Total Access brought to you by Advent Health. This is Buccaneers Radio.